Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Startup Boston 2023 from Suffolk University. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and this is Radio Entrepreneurs. Glad to be here at Suffolk University and enjoying ourselves meeting all these entrepreneurs. And I brought to protect myself my co-host, Evan Macedo, CFO at Sapers and Wallach. Welcome back, Evan. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's always a pleasure to be here. We talk to so many guests all the time, and I know we have another wonderful guest here in front of us. Yes, well, you tried to have your own private interview first, but we're going to pull him in for us, and that's Justin Whitehead, CEO of Pebble Finance. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, to pretend you haven't spoken to Evan already, what White. does Peb and, uh, Pebble Finance do? I know Pebbles from the cartoon, The Flintstones, but I know we're not talking about The Flintstones. So uh, we are not talking about the, 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 the Flintstones here, but Pebble does have a, a fun little uh, creative story. So uh, we are a fintech company. Uh, one of the largest uh, financial, com uh, financial companies in the world is a company called BlackRock. So if you go ahead and right. uh, are buying ETFs off the market, uh, there's a good chance that you're buying an iShares or BlackRock uh, ETF. Uh, one of the early insights that we discovered with Pebble is that people had this desire to go ahead and express their own ideas uh, into diversified investments. Uh, so it's kind of like investing in BlackRock, but everybody had an individual and unique idea. So what happens to a black rock when you smash it apart into uh, a lot of teeny individual looking pieces? You get pebbles. So that's where the, uh, the, name, the name came from. But uh, we are a financial technology uh, company uh, born and bred here in the Boston area um, from uh, a few of us on the, on the founding side that have had uh, decades of experience here in, um, in, uh, at the intersection of uh, finance and technology. Uh, what we do is we are developing technology so that uh, retail brokers, your Fidelities of the world, your Robin Hoods, SoFi's, so on and so forth, uh, can create an elevated experience uh, for their clients to make investing easier. You can go to any broker today and buy $1,000 of Apple if you want to buy $1,000 of Apple. You know, you have a, it's a specific stock, it's easily tradable on the market and, and all that. So that's super easy. But when you start talking to retail investors themselves, they don't naturally think in terms of stocks and sectors and market factors. It's almost like financial markets has this whole you know, unique language to itself. So our technology helps bridge the gap between how people naturally think and speak and how they interact and invest their money. So now people can come to your Fidelity account and say, I want to invest in EVs. And with those simple words, Pebble will go ahead and create for you your own personalized ETF and uh, quietly uh, keep it maintained uh, in the back. You must love this, Evan. Oh, I got so many questions, Jeffrey. All oh. right, all right. You this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. <laughs> so uh, does, does, your, uh, does your, so your software uses artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I think is going to be the future of investing? Um, does it take into consideration someone's age as they get older and maybe scale back some of their... Uh, equities in their portfolio. Are you taking a shot a at me? Safer? <laughs> <laughs> always, Jeffrey. <laughs> okay. Always. All right. I just wanted to know if I should take that personal. Uh, so it can where, where appropriate. So uh, different brokers are going to have uh, different capabilities, but most brokers understand uh, a little bit about um, their their actual end users. They know because age. That, that relates to risk. Exactly. It ends up being risk reward type right. of, type of profile. Right. He Some would people probably are be more risky than I would be. Some right. are more risk adverse, and some are some some are well, it's YOLO. It's the age factor. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is uh, 
correlated to age, but you'll even see in younger generation investors, there's a, there's a bimodal distribution. You have some people that are, I've got a hundred bucks and I'm just going to risk it all and try to turn it into a thousand dollars or $10,000. And then you have some people that will put in that same hundred dollars and be super, super conservative with it. And it's a, it's a weird, uh, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, mix that you have, uh, even at, you know, a the different psychographic we say in marketing. Okay. All right. New, there's a, there's a new SAT word for me to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, walk away with. Uh, but you asked about risk and reward, um, and, and the risk, uh, profile. So uh, the Pebble itself is effectively like a customized ETF, customized down to that individual. Um, so when you think of risk and reward, you're usually trying to, uh, you're basically taking correlation into account, right? If you have uh, a bunch of uh, companies all in the same sector or all in the same industry, uh, it's highly correlated and you're not really getting much uh, diversification. So you're, 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 uh, your fund will, will go up or down a bit more volatilely. Um, some pebbles on the system are start off as a broad index market fund, but they mm -hmm. have some expression applied. So I want to invest in the S&P 500, but you know, I think Facebook is a, dump, a dumpster fire type of deal. So kick, kick it out uh, type of deal. Great, you've got the S&P 499. Well, with 499 companies, you can actually uh, apply some risk optimization to the 499. But if you were to say, create a pebble uh, around electric vehicles, you think EVs are the future, uh, but you think Elon Musk is kind of crazy and spending all his time on Twitter or X or whatever we want to call it now. Uh, so you don't want, you know, you don't want uh, uh, Tesla to be part of your, your EV idea. Well, EVs itself is a very correlated you know, pebble. So there isn't really much risk optimization you're going to be able to do within that little teeny container. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea is to allow people to continually express their ideas. And as they express more and more ideas, you'll end up owning more and more companies underneath the hood. And then, yeah, you can, you can risk optimize um, with that in mind. Does okay. that answer? Yeah, absolutely. And awesome. you, you mentioned about kicking out certain stocks. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of brokers try to stay away from stock picking because, you know, there's a lot of research that goes into mm -hmm. that. And they just try to put their clients' money into already built uh, models mm -hmm. just to make it safer mm -hmm. and they can scale it. But say that there's a financial advisory office that doesn't do stock picking. Would your software allow them to kind of say somebody wanted to invest in certain transportation or social media companies? Could they start to do that? Exactly. So you start, instead of uh, thinking in terms of specific stocks, you start thinking in terms of themes. So EVs is a themes, or hey, generative AI is this new subset of AI, and I want exposure to generative AI. There are no generative AI ETFs or mutual funds that a traditional financial advisor could you know, pull off the shelf and you know, incorporate into the, the portfolio. They have to do some research. The whole financial advisory industry is a bit under pressure right now. Um, uh, fees are coming. Fees are coming down. They're having to spread themselves out uh, a bit more, you know, thinly, um, and and all that type of stuff. So nobody has time to do that type of research. This is where AI comes in and can assist uh, with that. Again, within a few seconds, you could say, "I want to invest in generative AI," and you know, our AI behind the scenes has been reading up on all the companies and what product offerings are coming out of them and all that type of stuff. And we'll assemble uh, a cohort of mm -hmm. companies uh, that invest thematically uh, around that. 
as an advisor, you still have the ability to, you know, trim some things out or whatever, or make, make adjustments to it. But, you know, the lion's share of that research it's, has been done for you right then. You know, you, you read about the AI and what it's going to do, let's say, to the white-collar industries. Mm -hmm. uh, it would seem quite logical that within the next five years, the small investment firm should have as good or better the capability of a large investment firm. It's going, there's going to be, there, there's a lot of talk in the industry about AI replacing jobs. And you know, I don't think that's that's really not the right way to, to look about uh, look at it. It's not going to replace uh, it's not going to replace the financial advisor industry uh, as a, as an example. However, there will be firms that adopt AI, and there will be firms that don't adopt AI. And the ones that do adopt AI into their practices, and again, AI is not a single solution to everything. It is it's a tool on the tool belt, and it's going to you know help augment certain aspects of your practice but what you'll find is ultimately the uh the institutions that adopt ai and incorporate ai into their their practices are going to ultimately trump out the ones that that don't type of deal because they're going to be able to scale their financial advisors more so than someone that 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 doesn't 50 percent of an advisor's time today is spent preparing and handling client meetings so they're preparing for you know, your, your quarterly check-in, the running reports, they're sitting down and having that conversation and, and all that type of stuff. You can have, you can increase the the level of personalization and reduce the amount of time by incorporating AI into certain aspects of the, the business. And that's going to allow an advisor who was once serving, I don't know, 100 clients. Well, now they can serve 300 clients and that's going to ultimately, that's going to, well, that alone says that the scale will change the, the it's name of the It's going to change things. But it's all about who adopts versus who doesn't adopt. It's not It's not really a, a, a function of, you know, this is going and, to replace uh, jobs outright. And you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you have partners in this venture? Uh, I do. So uh, I founded uh, Pebble with uh, a guy named James. Uh, James and I worked together at a, another Boston area uh, startup many, many years ago uh, called Kencho. So Kencho is an AI fintech uh, startup, uh, which was acquired by uh, S&P um, back in 2018. So uh, we we're there, uh, both of us were there from the seed stage of the company, so fairly early on, and within four or five years, uh, it was acquired by uh, uh, S&P. Um, I ran uh, engineering there, he ran uh, the research side of the house, and uh, prior to that, it was, uh, I had a long, career in uh, finance on the technology side. I've always been an engineer. Still mm -hmm. today, I'm, I'm an engineer. Uh, and he's been on the, the research side. So he was, a, he was an asset manager. Um, uh, I can't that. believe we used up our time already. <laughs> so we're going to insist that you come back again and talk to us more about AI investment and what you're doing. Of course, anytime. Uh, and I want to remind everybody we're speaking with Justin Whitehead, CEO of Pebble Finance, with my great co-host, Evan Macedo who brings a lot of knowledge to this area as well. My name is Jeffrey Davis. I'm CEO of Mage LLC. This is Startup Boston at Suffolk University 2023 version. And I want to thank you for being on the show today, both of you, for showing up. Parking was the biggest challenge. <laughs> and uh, we are going to take a break. We'll be right back with more stories on Radio Entrepreneurs.